You're listening to The Hungry Soul with Rachel Foy, covering all topics from spirituality, mindset work, beliefs, relationships, food, body image, business, money, self-expression, and more, helping you become a soul-fed woman. Hello there, gorgeous, and welcome to episode 84 of The Hungry Soul podcast with your host, Rachel Foy. How are you doing? We've got gorgeous weather here today. I think I've said this many times here on the podcast, the Brits talk about the weather far too much, but it really is something quite special when you can sit outside in the sun and not be freezing cold. So what have I got to tell you? Well, actually, quite a few pretty exciting things, actually. There's been some new developments over here at Soul Fed Woman HQ, one of which I can't wait to share with you. So over the last couple of months, I've felt that things have been changing and evolving, particularly with the work that I do here with you guys around freeing you from food obsession or giving you the tools rather to free yourself from food obsession and body hatred and dieting. And After the book came out, which is available on Amazon, it's called The Hungry Soul. I've had so much feedback from women literally all over the world just thanking me for for the book and for kind of showing up and spreading this message. And it was a scary thing to put a book out into the world. Just so many doubts and fears and kind of questioning what people would think and whether people would buy it, which they are doing. So that that's a huge relief. But it's also given me a bit of time to kind of think about where I want to really start helping you all with becoming that woman that you really hunger to be. Because ultimately, when we free ourselves from food obsession and body hatred and dieting, we end up becoming these powerful women who trust themselves who stand in their power, who speak their truth, who know their worth. And that doesn't come from a diet program. It doesn't come from dropping 10 pounds or two dress sizes. This really is where the inner work is. So yesterday over on my Facebook page, for any of you that might have been there, thank you for having joined me. I did a little special announcement and I say little actually, this isn't little at all, this feels quite huge. So as of now, I have a really special opportunity for all of you who want to start learning more around personal development, around working through your stuff, around getting the support, the sisterhood, the guidance, the tools and everything else to help you become that woman that you hunger to be. So as of now, The Soul Fed Woman membership is now open. Now, this is a monthly membership program. There's no um, contracts um, that you can cancel at any time, although once you're in, I know that you won't be wanting to. And this is a safe, supportive community of women who they're no longer wanting food and body insecurities to hold them back from living that life that, that they're hungry for. So every single month, you're going to get a video topic. We're going to be doing video um, monthly group calls, monthly meditations, monthly practices. You're going to get a support squad in a Facebook group. You're going to be given workbooks to be working through, along with some really awesome things every three weeks, uh, sorry, every three months, including um, a soul hunger challenge where we kind of set our own plans and goals for that quarter and also some sacred moon rituals which are an option to join but I highly recommend that you do and if that's not enough you also get instant access to a 392 pounds worth of free programs and these are programs that you can start using and dipping into immediately to start helping you take your power back around food 
and to really start becoming that woman that you desire to be. So the best news is that as a founding member, because this is brand new, you get access to all of this for just £19 a month. So £19 a month or £25 a month, you can cancel at any time. But as long as you are in the membership, you get access to all of that, all the live stuff, the programs, the training calls, access to me. Um, and it's, it's really exciting because I feel that this is where we're going as a community. So if you want more information, you can head over to soulfedwoman.com forward slash membership where you will find all that information waiting for you. So without further ado, let's move on to today's guest. So you are about to hear a fabulous conversation from a lovely lady. Her name is Lou Urich and she is a certified eating psychology coach. She's a body image mentor and a life coach. And Lou helps women worldwide to ditch their diets, befriend their bodies and move the hell on with their lives. We have a lot in common, I'm sure that you can appreciate. So through her intimate one-to-one -one mentorship and dynamic group coaching programs, Lou guides her clients with a whole lot of compassion and a little badassery too. So this was a conversation that we had with Lou. Um, we had so much in common and actually this conversation could have gone on for a lot longer than it did. So she might be coming back on the show at some point. But without further ado, I'm going to pass you over to, um, to this and uh, yeah, enjoy guys. Right then, everyone, and here she is. Good morning, Lou. Afternoon, whatever time zone you're in. <laughs> it is 11 a.m. in my time zone, so good morning is right. Yep. Hi. So how are you? Have you had a good morning so far? I have had a good morning. It's always a good morning when I get all my kids out of the door and to school on time and uh -huh. also have time to make myself coffee, and I did all those things. Yeah. Yay, winning at life. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> That's Just a good today, time. though, not so much yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good we'll take that we'll take that for now so welcome to the hungry soul i know that you and i are going to have an amazing conversation and we uh, just said before i hit record that we could probably speak about this for probably a lot longer than what the episode will allow so we're going to be very careful with our timings because i know that you're really passionate about what you're going to share with us in a second so before we get into the juiciness of the conversation, do you want to just introduce yourself to everybody as in who are you and what are you doing in that big wide world of ours? Sure. I'm Lou Urich. Thanks again for having me today, Rachel. And I am a body image mentor and eating psychology coach and also a life coach. And so I work with women primarily around their relationships with food and body and also themselves. I say I like to help women to ditch diets, befriend their bodies and move the hell on with their lives because there is this great big world out there and they do have beautiful lives to live and and passions to unfold and share with the world. And so many times we get so stuck on food and body and so critical of ourselves that we miss the opportunities to live the life fully and fabulously. And so this is my little work in the world here is really about helping one woman at a time, as many women as I can, let go of their food and body hangups so that they can dive into their life. Oh, I got goosebumps as you said that. It's like you and I, same page, and yeah, this is why yeah. we can talk about this forever. So before we kind of go into a few specifics, because there's a few things that I really want to explore with you um, around everything that you just so beautifully said, but I'm guessing that you've had a bit of a, a story with this yourself, because I can hear that there's passion in that. It's like you've kind of been there, probably yeah. know what your women are going through. So yeah. where, what, what's your journey with this? Like, where did it start? How have you ended up where, where you are right now? Yeah, my journey is a little different than a lot of the stories that people hear around this sort of 
line of work uh, in that I had a really amazing relationship with food and my body most of my life. So I grew up in a home that was very body positive, very food positive. We didn't have food rules. Nothing was restricted. Uh, we were an active family. I have a brother and a sister and all of us were doing some sort of you know, activity or movement. I was more like artsy and also a dancer. My sister was super athletic, D1 athlete here in the US. And, and um, so I was always going to her sporting events. We were also, my brother was, he loved to cook. So it was great. We had all the things. And so we really had a great love of food, but also activity and, and art and anything in our house was fair game, as long as it made us happy and was fulfilling and we were being respectful of others while we did it. So we grew up, my siblings and I, never really having frustrations around food and body that a lot of people so typically have in our culture because it just wasn't something that our parents talked to us about. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that they felt important to teach us, right? To be scared of carbs or <laughs> to suck in your belly or to make sure you exercise if you ate this. Like that was, there was no conversations about that in my family, even in my extended family. I live in the Amish country. So there's a lot of like Pennsylvania Dutch cooking and stuff like that around where I live here in America and lots of butter, lots of fat, lots of carbs and doughs and amazing food. And that was what I grew up eating and being around and it was never vilified. And so that was the life I continued to lead as I grew up, as I went through puberty, you know, all these times specifically when women have moments of like body image struggles yeah. or moments of wanting to question what they're eating and why. Never really had it. I was always the tallest, biggest of my friends group for whatever reason, and it never faced me. It's just, that's who I was. That was my, that's what my body looked like. And I went on to college and getting engaged and getting married and, and, you know, before the wedding and all of that. And never once was dieting, never once was thinking about my body and that it needed to look a different way than what it did. I, I will say though, I didn't notice a closeness with my body either. It just was what it was. Yeah. So then, you know, the years go on. I had children again, had, <laughs> had babies, uh, gained a lot of weight, lost weight, did all the things you do in pregnancy in a way that was really natural. And uh, I was at ease while doing it. I wasn't like, oh, I got to lose this weight now, you know, or anything like that. It was something so simple until it wasn't. And what happened was uh, I have a daughter, one of my daughters has special needs and my husband also has some medical issues that all came to a head sort of at the same time where we were in a lot of health communities. So a lot of medical communities where people were talking about, you know, what you could do to improve your health. And my husband uh, has GI issues and some other autoimmune issues where diet was coming into play and people were yeah. talking about diet. And it was scary. It was really scary. My daughter as well, some of the things that they were talking about with her, I honestly just freaked out about not having control in life. And that's what it comes down to now as a practitioner doing what I do for as many years as I have. I understand exactly where my head was at and why I did what I did, but I had no control in life. Things were kind of falling down around me. I was in my 20s. I was sure that I was going to be this young widow with three children, one of whom had profound special needs, medical and otherwise, and how was I going to do this? So instead of thinking about that and working through the pain and emotions that I was experiencing there, I dove 
you know, right into a popular fitness program that came with a meal plan. I had never dieted. I had never done any sort of fitness program before other than movement that I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And I followed it to a T and also followed it to disordered eating and restriction and a lot of health complications from being malnourished and then binge eating as well. And so I followed that diet right into my downfall and it became a life of its own. Sure, I, I wasn't as distracted or thinking about the really hellish things that were happening in my personal life and the painful things I need to move through, but I had created my own little hell with diet and exercise obsession and then food obsession really and I existed in it for a couple of years, knowing because of my history that this was not the way I wanted to relate to my body or the way that I ever had before. Having that experience of knowing there's, I used to not think about this at all. What am I doing? And so knowing that I needed help. And it took me a long time to find the help that I needed. And I hired a coach like you or like me to help me walk through that. And in doing so, I realized it was something that I wanted to do long-term for others as well. So that's, that's what I did. And I, I got certified in eating psychology and body image coaching and then opened my practice and I've been doing it ever since. Do you know what I really love about your story? And you said it already as you were talking about it. It's like it's not a common story that you often hear for people that end up working in this field. Um, I spoke, I've spoken about my story many, many times, but mine was like from the age of 13, 14, started to diet and that was it. So I think your story, if anything, really highlights to people listening that this can happen to anybody at any time. It doesn't have to be that very typical going through puberty, becoming unconsciously aware of your body, then you start dieting. Like, I think it's, it's quite interesting to, to share stories like yours to help people realize that this doesn't discriminate against age, gender, culture, religion. It can happen at any time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the statistic is nearly one in four dieters will go on to have a clinical eating disorder. So if I can please be a testament to that, yeah. I want to, because I, I think that's what happens is there's a lot of, of women your age, my age, who are like, oh, I'm, but I'm just on a diet, but I'm just going to do this. I could name drop a billion diets right now, but I'll try <laughs> to be nice, but I'm just going to do this for 30 days, or I'm just going to do that, or I'm just going to eliminate this food group. And oh, it's no big deal, but it is a big deal because it literally only takes one diet, one extreme fitness program to change your physiology to a place where it is not you thinking you're going to have an eating disorder or you purposing it. It's not how it works. Yeah. It is the change in physiology and psychology that happens when we diet, when we restrict food or when we overexercise and thereby deplete our energy physically. It's really biological. And so, yes, yeah. it happens to nearly one in four. It happened to me in my twenties when I already had children, when I was already married, when I already did the wedding dress and the college and the puberty and all the things that usually we find that these uh, issues with body image and food are coming up. No, it happened to me after that. And I think too, something you might, you might be experiencing with your clients and the people in your world too, in your circles, is that it's almost embarrassing when you're like in your late twenties and thirties and you like, <laughs> you're, you're like a grown ass woman and you have a job and you have these degrees and you're doing all these things and you're really this uh, successful and vibrant person. And yet there's a food and body issue and it feels so like shameful. You feel guilty for having it or for not being able to get it or get through it on your own. And that's not the case at all. And it wasn't the case for me. 
Yeah, that's absolutely fascinating. I'm really, I'm really pleased that you shared that story because every so often I hear similar stories within my community. It's not that frequent, I have to say, but yeah, just to highlight the fact that it can, can happen anytime. And also actually, like you said, I think that the statistic, like one in four, I think if most people were fully aware of actually the potential danger that they're slipping into when they start there, it's a 30 day, whatever. I'm sure that most people would start questioning what they're doing but like you said that's that's not how it's sold and marketed yeah. okay so we were we were having a little chat and um, Lou and I before we hit record about where should we go with this conversation because I'm guessing that the listeners already can probably realize that we probably could speak about this in so much detail in so many different variations but I think what we are going to talk about because this at the moment time of year it's sort of mid-January as we're sat here recording this there has been a lot of diet talk there has been a lot of you know after the Christmas eating experience there's a lot of people who are conscious about maybe what they've eaten the marketing campaigns have started to become more ramped up by the big weight loss industry um, leaders shall we say um, and something that I really want to have a chat about now is really what it means to start being truly intuitive and connected to how we choose to eat because Lou was saying that quite a few of your clients at the moment have been talking to you and, and actually bizarrely a few of mine as well where they recognize that certain foods actually don't make them feel good but then they don't want to restrict them because they don't want to get into that mindset of they can't have it so let's talk about this like how can we start to navigate our way around really becoming honest with ourselves and our and our own like body wisdom in terms of how we are nourishing ourselves yeah yeah and i think first of all it takes time there's this idea of what needs to come first is the unconditional unlimited permission to eat and yes. to move your body or rest your body in ways that feel good to you. So that permission has to come first. And, and again, unlimited, unconditional. That comes first. And it's only then once we really truly start tuning into allowing our body to eat all the things in any quantity, in any combination, at any time of day that we want to, that we'll begin to start receiving information back from the body. I often tell my clients and anyone who will listen really, it's like, if you have a friend uh, that you that is texting you and calling you and you keep like hanging up and basically ghosting them, you're not texting them back, you're not calling them back, you are checking out of their life because they're approaching you and they're trying to give you information or contact you and you're not responding, then if you ever want to rekindle that friendship, it's going to have to be you who reaches out and you're the person who's going to have to build that trust. And so I always kind of talk about that because we've all had that friend or we've all been that friend who's been ghosted. And we know like we have expectations. If someone wants to come back into our lives, we've got some standards and we, and we've been hurt. And so we need to know that we can trust that person or vice versa. And it's the same with you and your body. So the first thing is to give the body all that it wants and really be tuned in to allowing it, to not restricting it, to giving it the rest it needs, but giving it the movement or the outdoor time or the sunlight, whatever it needs, really trying to listen because it's not going to talk to you at first. You, you know, overrode it for yeah. some diet plan or for yeah. some rules that you had or for some fitness program, come hell or high water, you were going to wake up every day and run these miles or whatever it was. And so now it's like, oh, you actually care what I think now? Like, do you? Let's see. And so it takes time for your body to trust you. So it's your job to give your body everything, give it opportunity for everything, leave all 
options out on the table and then begin to start listening as it talks ever so quietly and then we'll get louder to the information that it's giving you and then yes you probably will receive information that like oh my body feels really good when for instance i lift weights but it doesn't feel good when i run uh, yeah. so maybe i'll choose to walk or lift oh my body feels really great when it eats mangoes, but it does not feel good when it eats kale. So maybe I'll limit the kale because I don't want an upset stomach, whatever it is. But it's just the idea that you will gather information slowly and that's how you truly become intuitive. And then you have to keep it up because a body that might like mangoes and not like kale for a time will inevitably change and one day might be craving the very things that it didn't want, whether that's again in movement or food, rest, activity, any of those things. So it's a constant listening, but it starts first with giving your body all the opportunity. Yeah. Which I know that you know this as do I, that's not always easy. Is it like trying to override that fear and that resistance and the, Oh my goodness, I'm going to lose control. And what if I can't? And, and that, that arguably is, is a, is actually the biggest part of the journey for most women. It's actually getting to that place of unconditional, right. Just allowance and permission. Um, yeah. So let's assume that someone listening has managed to get to that place, which as you said, takes practice. It's not an overnight thing. It doesn't just happen, you know, within 48 hours. It often takes support too. I don't think many of us can do it solely on our own at the end of the day. And it's okay. That's not shameful. It's not embarrassing. We need each other. We need people who've gone before us and who've walked others through it even. But I think support is a big thing as well. Yeah. So they, they've gotten there. They've gotten there. They've, they've worked with you. They've worked with I, they've, they've, yeah, whatever. They've got the support they need to get to that place. And now they're in that place of, of actually fully listening to themselves so they can hear that wisdom. And like you said, the mangoes or the kale, or maybe it's grains or bread. And just to put in a bit of a disclaimer here, this isn't about anyone restricting. It's about navigating that area where a lot of people become quite blocked. It's, well, I want freedom and I don't want to diet and I don't want to restrict. However, maybe they've got an ailment where certain foods actually don't, don't kind of feed them well, or there are certain things that actually, if they're honest, they, they don't make them feel energized or actually affects their hormones. Like there's, there's a multitude of different variations. So it's walking that, it's that fine line between not restricting this, but at the same time, giving myself permission to actually say, well, this doesn't really feed me very well. Like it doesn't make me feel good. So how do you help your clients navigate that? Because this isn't uncommon. No, it's not. And really, we all have to loosen up, first of all, you know, because it's about experimenting. So there's no way to just be like, okay, I'm going to make these decisions and they're going to be all perfect for my body. They're not because one, our bodies are always changing. There's some statistic that on a cellular level, we totally turn into a new person every seven years. <laughs> like all of our cells have regenerated within a seven year time. So like clearly our bodies are going to change. Our environments are changing. Our stress levels are changing. Our relationships are changing. And that's going to change what our body feels energized, nourished, grounded, rested with. And so we have to constantly be experimenting and letting there not be shame and guilt around testing and observing and trying things. So I think that's the first thing is to approach it all from an experimental place instead of a perfectionistic place, which is really hard. Yep. <laughs> Most people who are here are you know, recovering perfectionists or still pretty perfectionistic and working through that. But we have to get over perfectionism when it comes to our relationship with the body and knowing what it wants because we are living, breathing, organic creatures. Just think about, again, any personal relationship you have. If you just decided that like, 
oh yeah, for instance, I've been married for almost 14 years. So my husband, if I just decided that he's the same person he was when, when we met, so 18 years ago, I would not be loving him very well right now. Things would be falling apart. Our relationship would not be great, nor would communication because he's a different person. He's changed and evolved and grown. And the same thing happens with our bodies. And so we have to be, we have to have that real time relationship, which I think is important. And then we have to experiment and learn, gather information, be, I like to say, I like to tell my clients, be an anthropologist of you and of your life and your body and how it relates to food and how it relates to movement and rest and relationships and then go from there. But again, from this really gentle, loose place of first of all, experimenting and then being able to lovingly respond. I think sometimes we think we have to have the execution right, but our response is what's more important. So, okay, I tried that food and it actually didn't make me feel well. So instead of shaming ourselves that our execution was wrong, maybe we should put more energy and focus, definitely. We should put more energy and focus into, okay, what am I gonna do now? The response that comes next. I think that's what's really important about navigating and learning all these things about our bodies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also, like you said, with that experimental, kind of the lens of experiment and curiosity, it's actually not making it mean anything, like the judgment aspect, you know, right. it's sometimes eating something that might make someone feel tired or lethargic rather than going into that mindset of, oh, I shouldn't have done that. It's actually just recognizing what can I do about that for next time? Yeah. And sometimes we want to feel like grounded or, or slowed down or more comforted by food. You know, sometimes the perfect thing to have is the a stew or a soup that has lots of these more grounding root yeah. vegetables and potatoes, and it's going to make you feel all warm and cozy. That's exactly what we want. And so then we'll learn like, oh, maybe this is what works for me in that case. But if I want to feel energized, maybe that's not what I'm wanting. If I don't want to be curling up and feeling all warm in that moment, if that's not what's going to work for my life or that place in my day. But yeah. yeah, absolutely. So would you say then that a lot of this in terms of really getting to know our bodies, like we've not really spoken about this, but obviously it's a big part of this, um, this process for many women. It's really getting to that place of trusting what they hear, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, I don't know whether you hear this with your clients, I'm assuming that you do, but quite frequently women will say to me, I think, I think this is the feedback I'm getting, but I'm not sure, or they second doubt them, you know, they second guess, or they, they question, or they, you know, they kind of start exploring outside of themselves to ask me what I think, or, you know, so self-trust, how do we start to build that? Because this is uh, a part of it as well. It is. It's so important. I love that you brought this up because I have a program that I created. And before I even get into the like nitty gritty of like, here's what intuitive eating looks like. And here's what intuitive living and movement and all this stuff is. And here's the science behind what happens in the body when we restrict. Before I go anywhere close to those details, I have a whole, I have a whole unit on self-trust and yes. self-compassion because that has to come first. If we are not even at a place where we're willing to at least again, experiment with trusting ourselves, yeah. experiment with letting ourselves be the expert and not some diet guru on Instagram, then we're probably not going to feel at peace or feel, I don't like using the word successful, but feel at ease with the process of, of learning to trust and experiment with our body and becoming intuitive. Becoming intuitive is, is messy and that's okay because even the mess gives us information mm -hmm. and that's what we're looking for to gather more information and more body wisdom. And so, yeah, I think that self-trust does come first and self-compassion does come first and it's a practice. 
So it's not something I can even just teach. I have a whole unit on it. And yet I know that it's still going to be a practice after that. No one's going to be able to get it in a week or two weeks. Yeah. Finally, I trust myself. It is, it is about practicing. And the way that we practice anything is we sort of begin to live as if. And then recognize maybe in retrospect, whether it's a week of, I'm just going to experiment with trusting myself this week, just doing whatever the first thing is that comes to mind that really feels like truth. And then we can look back and go, how did that feel? And what did I learn? And when am I most trustworthy? And when am I not? Like maybe late, like late at night when you haven't gotten good sleep and you're grumpy and you're moody, like maybe you aren't necessarily as, uh, you know, okay, I need to take what my body or what my mind is saying my body wants with a grain of salt, but maybe, you know, you, so you're learning even those things about yourself. When are there outliers and other things affecting my truth? And when does this feel like really solid and connected? And how can I get more connected with my body? If you know that, that taking a few deep breaths and tuning in really helps you to get closer to that truth, that's a tool you can use every day to, you know, to, to tune in and to get the information that you want. So it's again about experimenting with trusting yourself even. And, and again, letting ourselves off the hook of having to do it right or having to know exactly how to do it, just because whether it's because we're a certain age or we have a certain level of education or because we've reached a certain place in our careers or in our families, it's not about that. We're all, we're all human. We're all learning every day and that's okay. Absolutely. Do you know what I love? I'm just going to kind of reiterate exactly what you just said there, Lou. I know quite a lot of the time when women are wanting to find that freedom from like the dieting and the food obsession and how they feel about their bodies, there's often that assumption that the main focus of the work is about the food stuff and the body stuff. And yes, it can be. But I've, I've noticed exactly what you've just said, that actually the biggest thing that comes up time and time and time again, like two weeks, two months, six months into their journey is this self-trust and self-compassion. Now, it's like it's not that difficult to take away food labels. and It's not that difficult to give ourselves permission for like bread and chocolate and these perceived banned foods. It's more about that lack of self-trust and lack of self-compassion that often keeps people in that state of fear so mm -hmm. i think that's something to for the listeners to just just be aware of you know if you're work, walking through this journey at the moment or maybe you've just started self-trust and self-compassion goes such a long way it's not always mm -hmm. easy but it goes such a long way i think it's hard especially for people who have had a long history of dieting or restriction yeah. or food limitations uh, especially though following certain diets and rules or fitness plans to be like, oh wait, experimenting? Like, oh wait, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna trust or I'm gonna, yeah. you know, tune into myself or compassion is even a part of this because when we are given diet rules and programs, it's a list. You mm -hmm. follow it. Mm -hmm. There's a temporary and I underline capitalize bold temporary outcome sometimes, especially if you haven't dieted before. If it's your first or second go round, you may have the weight loss or the body changes temporarily that they're promoting. And so you, you're like, okay, well, I do this, 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 and this, and I get this result. Great. And of course, it's all short term and we don't see the long-term effects when someone's selling us a diet. But when someone's teaching us intuitive eating or how to really turn into our body, it's like, so you're not going to tell me what to do? Like, I don't have the this, exactly. this, 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 Where's the list? What's the yeah, list? Like, okay. <laughs> and so it's very hard for people and it's understandably hard for people who have had a long time with dieting or food rules or restriction or fitness rules to all of a sudden have freedom and be liberated and go 
okay, well, I don't, I don't even know what to do with this freedom. It's like a dog. Again, I'm queen of analogies if you can't tell, but it's like a dog that you have like an electric fence for. If you ever take its collar off, if it's trained, it's just going to still stay in your yard because it doesn't realize like, oh, I can go there now. Like I can actually do these things. It's confused. And we get that way too. If we've had all of these diets and all of these parameters to hold us in, we still kind of feel like, okay, so what's, what's the rules? Where's my limit? Where, what's out of bounds? And there isn't anything and it takes time to learn that. Absolutely. So giving, giving someone that, that permission to expect, um, to expect that possibility that, there is freedom, I suppose, which yeah. is all of this mindset stuff, isn't it? It's like expanding yeah. someone's belief. Um, okay, so something that I do want to ask you, and you, you kind of touched on it very briefly just um, a, few, a few conversations ago when we were talking about actually tuning into ourselves. And you said about if breathing really helps you connect, then that's something that you could do, you know, to, to start helping you become more aware, more connected, more grounded. Um, mm. Can you give our listeners just a few practical suggestions on how can they actually start to reconnect back to their bodies, their intuition? How can they start listening to what their body's saying? How are they going to know? Yeah, sure. So I think sometimes you have to give yourself an experience and then be very, uh, tuned in and very intentional about paying attention to the body in the experience. So for instance, create an eating experience for yourself. Maybe you think of a food you loved in childhood or something you only ever order on vacations because you can, you know, you're cheating then or whatever the terms are in diet land. And so, and so think of something that you really do enjoy that you really love. Maybe you haven't given yourself permission for, or maybe it's something you've saved for special occasions or remember from your past, but you can create the experience of that eating uh, event of that meal. Maybe you invite friends, maybe it's something you do solo. It's totally up to you. But then once you have given yourself the opportunity or the experience, then you get the opportunity to tune in and listen. So there I would say eliminate distractions eat slowly, stop and check in with yourself. There's a lot of simple steps you can do once you have opened yourself up to an experience to then get feedback from the body about what it thinks about that experience or those particular foods or that temperature of food or the spices or the combination or the environment that you're in, whatever it is, you'll get feedback from your body if you're intentional about tuning in, if you're eliminating outside distractions, if you're slowing down, if you're focused, on just checking in with your body. And again, this isn't a, we can't all be focused, intentional eaters every meal. We just can't, or in every snack. But if you're trying to learn and grow in connection with your body, of course you're gonna do that. It's the same as when you meet someone and you start dating. Like you're pretty intentional about the date and tuning in and learning everything you can about them and finding out about their family and their history. And it's the same with your body. There's gonna be a season where you intentionally tune in. You can do this with a movement opportunity as well. So you can create the experience of, I'm going to go for a walk today at this park. And then while you're in that experience is when you can be really intentional about tuning in. How does my body feel? How does my, how are my emotions feeling? Do I like being outdoors? Do I prefer being indoors? Do I prefer a faster pace or a slower pace? Would I like to have a friend with me or would I, do I like this solo time? You know, there's a lot of things that you can gather information about if you're willing to tune in and inquire of yourself, ask yourself those questions, and then you can create a new experience with some of those answers that came up for you and see how that feels and learn from that one and so on and so on. And this can happen again with eating, with movement, but it can happen with rest or the way that you schedule your day or when you take breaks or what times of day that you choose to eat. You can experiment with them, give yourself the experience. And then in that experience is when you really slow down, 
tune in and pay attention. Absolutely. Really getting to know ourselves, isn't it? It's like getting rid of all those external things and actually going, well, who am I and what do I like? And how do I like food? (laughs) Which sounds really basic, but so many women don't do it. Oh, dear me. Anyway, um, where can we find you? out there in the world because we've actually come towards the end of the episode. I just looked at the clock and thought, oh my goodness, the episode's no. almost finished. You might need to come back and we can talk about sure. something else. Um, but yeah, if anyone's listening and wants to know a bit more about your work and the programs and the stuff that you're doing amazingly in the world, where can they find you, Lou? Okay, so everyone can find me. It's pretty easy and I love the name of my website. It's loueats.com. So my name, Lou, L-U, E-A-T-S dot com. It means exactly what it says. I am a woman who eats and I am proud of it, unashamed. So Lou Eats, it's really easy to find me on Instagram. I like to spend time there too. And it's loueats.com spelled out. So L-U-E-A-T-S-D-O-T-C-O-M. You'll find me there. And Facebook, I have a business page. I actually spend more time on my personal page. So that's Lou Uric. On Facebook, you can find me there. And I also have a Facebook group called MEND, where women talk about restoring their relationship with food, body, and self on their own terms. And I like to spend time there too. I give a lot of free trainings and teachings in there, sometimes weekly. (laughs) I'm off to a slow start in 2019, but it's a slow start I needed. So I'm taking it. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me on the socials. Amazing. Well, anyone that's listening to this on SoundCloud, I think all your links are going to be posted below. And if you're listening on iTunes, guys, you're going to have to head over to the links that Lou's just talked about there. Just want to say thank you. It was an awesome conversation, went incredibly quickly. So yeah, maybe you and I need to get back together and start talking about a different topic than the one that we've just spoken about. For sure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Take care, Lou. Bye. Bye. Have a good day. So there you go, gorgeous. Another episode brought to you by The Hungry Soul. Now, if that conversation has got you a little bit curious about your own journey right now and how perhaps you can start helping yourself to become more self-fed, but maybe you've got no idea where to start or what that might even mean for you, don't panic. We've got some fabulous gifts for you that are all completely free. All you need to do is head over to soulfedwoman.com forward slash free dash resources. And over there, there's workshops, handouts, meditations, and loads of other goodies. So go and grab as many of them as you want to. Can't wait to speak to you soon. Bye.